is your first time at Freedom City, we want to uh, welcome you if you're visiting for um, the baby dedication as well. Um, it's good to have you with us uh, and thank you for um, hanging around. Um, what we're going to be doing now is we're just going to go into a short uh, message, um, just something that I've been thinking about recently and uh, this week as well, and something that I think is going to be beneficial for, for all of us. Um, first of all, I just want to um, I want to take a moment just to, to honour someone here. Um, so I want to honour Phoebe Peeps. Um, honor, uh, Phoebe's one of those people within our church. Um, if you don't know her, she's been around for a while, but she brings such a, a backbone to who we are as a people. You know, she's one of those people that um, you... Do you know one of those people that you'd like, say in sport or something, you know that you've got that defender there, you've got someone in the back line or in that, um, that community or that family. Just by knowing that they're there, you feel more secure and you feel like, all right, everything's going to be okay. Phoebe's one of those people for Freedom City. Just by being here, you make, you make us feel secure, you make us feel that everything's going to be okay. And you're such an amazing um, mum, not just to Anna, but to other people. Uh, people here. We love when you rock up. We love seeing you. love chatting to you. You're so encouraging. So can we just honour Phoebe? Give her a round of applause. <laughs> yeah, one of the things about the Bible that I love about the Bible is that it's, so, it's full of such practical, practical um, information. You know, one of the things in the Bible says, do not be stingy with your encouragement. Yeah. You know, who's... Who knows a sting? Who knows a sting in their life? Someone who's a bit of a sting. That's right. I know some stingers. I know some stingers. You know, but it says in the Bible, do not be stingy with your encouragement. So if, if you know someone in your life who needs encouraging, just go and tell them, hey, you're a good person. You're a good person. I'm glad that I'm glad you're in my life. Yeah. So. What I want to talk to you about today, though, is I want to talk about uh, something briefly that I believe that we, is an issue that we all have in life, an issue that we all struggle with. I think it's a silent killer, something that we know about, but something we don't give the due respect. And that thing is our past. Our past. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, your past is important. Turn to the person on the other side and tell them, you Tell them I'm past talking about my past. To the person on the other side, say, be quiet, I'm trying to listen. All right, that's good. It's good to see that we're interacting. It's like a, a cool family here. Yeah, it's good. But the past is a funny thing for some people. And if you know someone, don't, don't shout it out, but we all know someone in these categories. Some people, they can't stop living in the past. For others, they try to block it out. And for the rest, they just don't remember anything. Who, who, here, who here knows someone who always talks about the glory days? Back in my day. Back in my day. You know, I can tell you, if there's one thing about your past, sorry to disappoint you, your past does not define your future. You know, your past is a, a, a collection of experiences and things that have led you up to be who you are now, but your future is undetermined. Your future is new. You can have a new future at any point in time. And whatever your history, God can redeem, reconcile, and restore anything. There's no too far gone. You know, growing up, um, I went through periods in my life where um, I was a victim of bullying, 
you know, other people's jokes. And this caused me a lot of pain. I don't know if you've ever uh, uh, been bullied before, you've been at the, the end of someone else's jokes, but it's not nice. It's not uplifting. And it's something that can stay with you for a while. You know, so for a while, I was actually at the end of other people's bullying. So what I did is I buried myself in sport. I buried myself in sport because sport was my safety. Who has a safety? Who has something that like, if I go to this thing at any point in my life, I know that I'm safe there. I know that I, I'm accepted, that I'm validated. I know that whenever I go to this thing, I will not be rejected. You know, for me, sport was my safety. And if I ever struggle with self-worth or self-esteem, I'll just go to a place uh, to sport because I knew that I'd proven myself worthy. I'd proven myself acceptable. You know, here's a, here's a bit of a funny thing. Um, I'm 29 going on 30. I know I look good. I found some um, grey hairs the other day. Well, someone found it this morning and in my hair. They're like, oh, you got some grey hairs. I was like, get out. <laughs> you don't belong here. Um, I found some grey hairs, you know. Um, I'm getting older. But when I was younger, um, yeah, I was good at sport. You know, I captained teams. I played at state level in different sports. You know, I was fast. I was um, a, a third of the size that I am now. You know, it's like I enjoy my food now. That's my, that's my current safety. Um, I was good at sport, but those things changed when actually I got older. Responsibilities came in. Injuries crept in. Who's ever had a, an injury? Who's ever had an injury that stopped you from doing something? You know, I had six knee injuries. Not just one, I decided to go all out, get half a dozen. You know, because I just thought, just for, for good time's sake, you know, I'm just going to get six knee injuries. Six knee injuries that caused me to not be able to go to my safe place anymore. Six knee injuries that caused me to be um, held back from doing what I was good at. So what ended up happening was the, the sport then became things of the past. So what happened was, instead of playing sports, I started to talk about sports. I used to talk about my past constantly, living in the glory days of when I, um, when I scored that final goal or when I, I was able to touch the basketball ring. When I, you know, I'm 6'5", but I've got no vertical at all. You know, I was, like, I, I was able to dunk at one point in time. Who thinks that's pretty impressive? Just give me a yeah. Nah, all right, sweet. Josh, is that impressive? All right, yeah, but I used to be able to do so many different things. But what I, what I did when I stopped being able to do those things, I started to bring them into my future, into my, my current. I started talking about things of the past because they validated my identity. They said that I was acceptable, that I was good enough. But the problem was is I'm no longer at as good a sports as I once was. You know, I've got, you know, when you start getting older, and I know I'm 29, so apologies if this is offensive to anyone who's past 29. Um, but when you start getting older, what you start doing when you're in the field, you start playing um, with things called veteran moves, and you start, um, you start playing the angles. So instead of running, you, uh, if someone's faster than you, you just trip them, and you say, I'll just deal with the consequences later. You know, it's like I don't want them to score. Or what you do, instead of running the full field, you just create like a space that's like, I'm going to run in these 
this angle. And so instead of playing like a full square field or court basketball, you just play a diamond and you don't run outside of that. Or you just yell at the fit young people for not passing the ball to you or not getting back. You know, this is what happens when you get older. Who has experienced something like that? You know, when they were younger, it's like, oh, this, is, this used to be the way it was. And you, you talk about it constantly. You know, I love talking about stories around a campfire. I love talking about these sort of things. But the thing is, sometimes we have positive stories. And then sometimes we have negative stories. Because at the start of that story I just told you um, of sport, bullying was actually the catalyst for my love of sports. I don't know about your future or your, sorry, your past, but we've all had negativity. We've all had hurt. We've all had trauma. We've all had loss to some degree. You know, and if you were to say that you hadn't, you would be a liar. Because we all have, at some point in our life, we've all had something in our past come to haunt us in our current and has affected our future. You know, some of our pasts actually deeply impact us. They wound us and they restrict us from embracing life, future opportunities, and have caused us to live life weighed down. Yeah, you know, I'm just going to give you an example. This is my backpack here. Who's a backpack person? Hands up. Who's a backpack person? Who's a satchel person? Who's a, a key wallet and phone person? Who's a, I'm going to take my whole life with me everywhere I go? My lady say, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, just mono. Anyway, imagine that this is your life. Imagine that your backpack is your life. And as you're trying to walk along in life, different experiences come. So I'm going to get some crowd interaction here. Um, Molly, can you come up here? Um, T, can you come up here as well, man? That side as well. Yeah, what happens in life is that as we try and move along, we have this backpack is the example. This is a, like almost the picture of who we are, what we carry with us into our, our, our present and our future. And so what your past is actually made up of is something called your worldview, your self-esteem, your beliefs. And effectively, like I was saying before, your past is an accumulation of life by which you make present and future choices. Do you realise so often, so often, the decisions that we make are based on a subconscious uh, experience, a subconscious truth from our past? You know, when I was two years old, I was bitten by a dog. Until I was 18, I was terrified of dogs. I was like, we're not going to have dogs. We're going to have cats. Then I found out I was allergic to cats, so I just bit the bull and got a dog. You know, it's like, these things affect us. So, what about baked beans? Who likes baked beans here? I call them the devil's beans. You know, at three years old, I was having baked beans at their parents' at our table, and I started to gag. And to this day, I believe they are from the pit of hell. Baked beans. They can be redeemed because nothing is too far gone. But at this point in time, I don't want them to be. So we all have things from our past. So what I'm going to do, Molly. Yes. This is my life. You're going to be my baggage. Hold on to my bag. So maybe, for example, you've been hurt by someone in authority. 
maybe a boss, maybe a pastor. So you don't trust them. You don't trust people in authority. Yeah, that's one of the, the hats I have to wear as a pastor. People don't like me <laughs> just because I'm someone in authority. Or you give me authority. Authority is author- where authority is given, but people might not like me. So, but maybe you've been hurt by it in the past. So I'm trying to move forward. I'm trying to move forward. And it just seems like life is more difficult. Maybe, T, you can grab on. You're going to be addiction. Maybe you've struggled with addiction in the past and you're ashamed of it. <laughs> you guys are way too strong. <laughs> like, ease up a little bit so we can make this more dramatic. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I can get forward in life a little less. I'm stronger than you. No. Maybe you grew up in a house <laughs> where your parents were absent and you feel as though everyone will abandon you eventually. Yeah, imagine just different people coming up and grabbing onto my bag. You guys can sit down. Should I preach with my bag on for the rest of the time? Is that good? No, Maybe you've been rejected by people in your past. And so what you do is you carry into your future that people are going to reject you again. You know, these things are past. They start to weigh us down and they start to infiltrate our heart and soul and they make these past statements of things that have happened in our past become a, true, a truth in our current, our reality, in our present. And I can tell you, when you have lenses on, like say you have cracked lenses, someone punches you in the glasses, you're going to see through broken glasses. It's going to be affected. So our past affects our future. And any time that you make a decision, your mind will go directly to the things of the past you do, and you do the equations, the damage control and formulate an answer response that has been filtered through these lies, through these experiences. But we have to realise that your past doesn't define your future. This is more encouraging than I'm making that out to be. Your past doesn't define your future. It's an indication of what your life has been up to until this point, but it's not an indication of what your life will be like tomorrow. And do you realize that we have to understand that we're our biggest hindrances? Because I've met a few of you here for the first time. I know nothing about you apart from, hey, how you doing? Welcome to Freedom City. Have some cake and coffee. I don't know much about you, if anything. Yep. But so often what we do, we meet people for the first time and we, we treat them as though we're disqualified already. But I look at you, I look at people for the first time, I say, I don't know you, but there's a hope for you, there's a future for you. You are an amazing person and that I don't know your past, so I'm not trying to create a future for you. So why do we do it for ourselves? Why do we create a, a past for ourselves, almost like we're the, we're the prison gate and we're the jailer? We're, the, we're the, the jail that keeps us in and the prison guard that holds the key. We ourselves actually can be our biggest hindrances because before to, uh, reject, if someone else rejects us, we reject ourselves and we say we're not good enough. And what we're doing, we're taking that from our past information and we're creating a future, a present and a future. But like I was saying before, God is in the business of redeeming, reconciling, and restoring. It says in the Bible, in Isaiah 
43 verses 18 to 19. And these, you've got to understand that these passages were written by men, by people, to people in practical situations. Talking to say, hey, you're actually in a situation that's pretty bad, but let me tell you something. And this verse here says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth, do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Do you know the wilderness and the desert? That's not just being facetious. That's not just being romantic. They were literally in the wilderness and the desert. And so what Isaiah is saying to them, actually you guys in the story, the context around this is that these people, they're called the Israelites, they were actually, they'd been in captivity through a people called the Babylon, Babylonians. So they had actually been oppressed by other people. And what God's coming and saying to them is say, hey, this is your past, but I'm going to do something new in your future. Can you perceive it? Can you understand it? Can you actually open your mind to say that God can do something in my life? My past does not define my future because my past is what has happened to me, but my future is what can happen to me. And so what I do, I decided years ago, it was actually about 11 years ago, I grew up in church, but I only decided when I was 18 that actually I think God is actually real. <laughs> and so I said, all right, God, if you're real, I want you to speak into my future. I want you to speak into my, my, my future. And what he ended up doing was he not only spoke into my future, but he started talking about my past and saying that actually I can heal you from the things of your past. Because God is not inside time. God is not linear like we are. God is outside of time. And God, anything is impossible through God. So anything is possible. So how do we overcome the past? You know, I believe, I don't know what your understanding of the story of Genesis is, but it says that God created the world. I believe that God created us and knows our true nature. So whatever your history is, God knows you before your history was written. And he knows that you were good. That you're a good person. You're not broken. You're not the way that you think you are. I don't know if you walk away from here and say, I am a terrible person. You know, I have times in my life where I do that. And maybe I shouldn't be saying that because I'm a pastor. But I have times in my life where I'm like, I just don't, I don't think I'm good enough. I can't do this. I'm just going to give up. It's going to give up. You know, there's no too far gone with God. God can redeem, reconcile, and restore anything when you allow Him into your present and into your future. I believe, actually, that there's some very well laid out instructions on how we can partner with God in anything that He is doing. And it says it in the verse called uh, chapter 1, Peter, verses 5, verses 6 to 10. 6 to 10. And it says... Humble yourselves. Turn to the person next to you and say, sit down, be humble. Sit down, be humble. Does anyone know here someone that needs to sit down and be humble? Tell them to sit down and be humble. I don't have anything else to say to that. I threw my coffee. Uh, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety in him because he cares for you. 
Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you suffered a little while will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. If we take, who's it? I love English. Not as much as Molly, but I love the, the, the language English. I love um, looking at different things, what they mean, why they mean what they mean. Um, and I get pulled up because sometimes I get it wrong. But if you look at the main verbs in this passage, some of the main verbs, the first one is humble. We need to humble ourselves to the point that they say that we can't do it alone. Josh and Tanae humble themselves to the point that they said that we, we need family. We need other people to support us. You know, sometimes for us to move into a new future, we need to realize that we have failed in our past and that it is God who can lift us up. The opposite of humility is pride. And pride says that I don't need anyone. I can do it myself. But if we humble ourselves and just say, I need help. I need help. We give up trying to herd cats. I don't know if you've ever heard that saying before, but it's like one cat's running off this way because it's sassy. The other cat's going off this way. One cat's clawing your face because you're currently caught up in it. And it's clawing your face and you're trying to make sure that this cat doesn't run onto the road. Then there's one cat that's about to get hit by a car. So you're screaming at the truck to stop. And you're trying just to get everything in life to make sense. Sometimes we just need to stop and say, I can't do it by myself. I need help. And we allow God to do what God does. He redeems, reconciles, and restores. And it says, cast, cast your anxieties. I don't know about you, but I'm going to say probably 95 to 100% of people in this room have struggled with stress or anxiety at some point in life. 95 to 100%. I'll probably say probably close to 99 to 100% of people have struggled with stress or anxiety. Whatever you call it or however you feel, it's so common to us. But... The thing about anxiety is, is basically the fear of the future. Because you can't fear something that's happened in the past. You can only fear what can happen in the future. The fear of the unknown, or maybe the fear of the recurring. You know, this has happened to me before, and this is the way that will happen again. But it says in a verse in a Bible, it was written to a church in Philippi. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition... Who's ever signed a petition before? It's like, I'm going to petition God. Hey, God, this, this, this. With thanksgiving as well, present your request to God. And, and peace, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. You know, we have to be humble. when We have to say, God, I need help. Then be alert and resist. Because the thing about it is, like something, an addiction or something in the past, it is so tempting it's so easy to be like, ah, oh, I just slipped into that. You know, I don't know, who's ever seen those ads on TV? It's like, um, live lighter. And he is talking about the ads where he's buying petrol. And it's like, do you know that fatty acids surround your organs? And I've been watching them recently. I've been like, crap. Every time I go to the petrol station, I see the $1 chocolate. And I'm like, why not? Bargain. You know, it's like, it's so easy for us to slip into these things. And that's just very, like... That's almost like a, a, an easy situation. But maybe it's a, a fear. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's something that actually causes you to live a life of, that's restricted. 
you know, we have to be alert because there's always going to be opposition to our future. There's always going to be a negative and a positive. And it says that the, that the enemy is growl, prowling like a lion. You know, imagine a lion roaring at you. I hate lions. They can kill you. I don't hate lions, but I'm scared of lions. But all that they can do, all that they can do, say you go to the zoo, all that they can do is they can roar. But there's a barrier between you. They can intimidate you, but they can't get you. You have to realize with God, it's like being at the zoo. A lion can roar at you, but it can't get you. But you can then slip into something that's saying that, well, it's going to fail. It's going to get to me. I'm going to, I'm going to crumble. We have to understand that God, when we are alert and we resist, God actually helps us. He stands in, in for us and restore. God can restore. I don't know, I'm not a car person, but I know people who restore cars and they go to great effort. They search, they invest, they care. You know, if you restore cars, you'll understand that there's no junk. Well, there can be some junk, but when you find that one, you're like, all right, this is worthwhile restoring. This is worthwhile putting in my backyard for years on end, touching it once every six months just because I know that restoring it is worthwhile. And it says you will walk into your future strong, firm, and steadfast. You know, kind of the question to ask is like, why does it matter? Everything that you said, I can go and live a pretty good life at home. You know, I love my family, I love my friends. You know, but why does it matter that I actually look at dealing with my past or not allowing my past to define my future? I'm happy with who I am. You know, I asked this question to myself last night. I'm about to have my second child. Well, my wife is. I, I didn't do much. Um, about to have my second child. And I asked the question, like, what example do I want my kids growing up seeing? Do I want my kids to believe that I'm so invested in my past that I don't care about their present? That I'm so worried about my past that I'm allowing it to stop their, their present and our future be affected? You know, I don't want to live a life always looking over my shoulder because my family, my people are in front of me. Why should I try and heal? Why should I come try and grow? Because your past is all that it is. It's your past. But it's your future that matters. You can always do something new. You can always live a different life, live life to the full. I don't want to always be wishing for something other than, you know, I want people to see the way that I live my life and realise that there is a God, that there is hope for all people. We have an opportunity to embrace a new tomorrow and I believe we all have the responsibility to try. Your past doesn't define your future. If you're comfortable, can you just close your eyes and I'm just going to pray for you.